0: Hi, this is Julie Hyde and welcome to the Making Account Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to business owners and leaders to inspire you to make it count in all areas of your life. I'll be sharing insights and interviewing some fantastic people who are creating their success and just getting out there and making things happen. And I hope by listening that you will get some great ideas that you can implement to start creating that ripple effect of change that you want to see and enable you to make what you do count even more. Joining me on the podcast today is Paula Glynn. Paula is the search specialist at PixelStorm, a boutique digital agency in Richmond, Victoria. For over a decade, Paula has helped businesses across Australia boost their bottom line with effective marketing campaigns and website strategies. So while the web has changed dramatically over that time, the fundamentals of Paula's approach have remained the same, matching her clients' objectives with the needs of an online audience. Paula is a regular speaker at industry events, offering actionable advice to businesses looking to grow with digital strategies. She specializes in CRO and online lead generation using Google Ads, SEO and more. So what I loved about chatting to Paula is how simple she makes it to understand digital marketing and CRO, which is the conversion rate optimization, which can seem very complicated for those of us who don't have a good understanding of it. So, we chat about CRO and what it means and what the benefits are, the biggest mistakes that people are making in this space, and the top five things that need to be considered when thinking about a digital strategy. So, I know you're going to get some great insights from this chat with Paula. So, grab a pen and paper, sit back and relax and enjoy this chat with Paula. Welcome to the podcast, Paula. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, and now we've got so much to talk about today around conversion rate optimization and digital marketing strategies, so, which I'm sure is going to enlighten a lot of people, as it enlightened me when we caught up. So, shall we get into it? Sounds great. Awesome. So, I'd love you to tell us a little bit about your background and how you've landed where you are today.
1: Well, it's been quite a journey. So I actually studied science at uni and completed a science degree. Um, At the end of that, I went on to study advertising, which is quite different. But what I figured out is I've always wanted to use both sides of my brain. Yeah. Um, So I've always wanted to find an area, um, and obviously digital's where it's at now, where I could utilise both a creative and a scientific approach um, to help businesses Um, So I ended up working in advertising for about 10 years, which gave me a lot of exposure and, um, you know, exposure to business. But I've been quite lucky in that I've got a unique skill set with all of those things considered um, to be able to work in digital space, which does require a lot of knowledge around how to talk to audiences, but as well how to understand the numbers. Mm. Okay.
0: Awesome. So that led you to starting pixel storm no doubt yes yeah so tell us a bit about your business and what you actually do for your clients
1: sure so we're a digital agency and we're focused around lead generation Mm -hmm. So, everything we do is digital and everything we do has an objective of driving businesses return on investment so um, we don't do um say brand awareness things like that they're very very important parts of marketing but we're specifically focused on making sure that businesses get more phone calls Mm. and get inquiries to help their businesses grow Mm. so we help businesses across australia improve their return on investment through either website support website development digital marketing or as we'll talk about today cro which is conversion rate with the objective that everything we do is focused around either increasing traffic so website traffic and then what's called conversions which we'll talk about which is effectively getting the phone to ring so mm. in the understanding of a business owner that means leads and customers
0: yeah absolutely because I think many of us who aren't as well educated in this space think okay we'll um, get our website done and we'll make sure the call to action is there and you know, we'll make it easy for, for clients to ring us or we'll get this amazing sales page done. But it's just not as simple as that, is it?
1: It's not. And I always think of the analogy, you know, you go to a mechanic because you say, well, that's who's going to tell me the right thing to fix my car. Mm. So you say, my car's got this sound, it's not running right, something mm. seems a bit hot. I wouldn't try to Google it and fix that myself. I would go to a professional to fix that. And I think that um, sometimes we're a little bit tempted in digital to try and do things ourselves, Mm. Um, Thinker a little bit, but there is a point, especially in business, when your business is relying on digital Mm. where we do have to say it's at the point where I don't know enough to get it where it needs to go Um, and being able to work with a professional to do that.
0: Yeah. So I would assume and I'm assuming here that most businesses are now quite reliant on digital because this is where everyone plays. This is where all of our clients are doing their research before they find us and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a very big part of the decision-making process. Mm. So 5% of people now will Google a business and look at their reviews before they'll purchase with that business Mm. for any value over
0: $500. Yeah, right.
1: So okay. that, that's either whether they're buying an expensive dress or they're actually looking to make a business decision. Um, you know, researching that brand online is becoming such a big part of it that it's important as a business that how you do appear online is relevant, is current mm. and is the way that you want your customers to perceive you.
0: Yeah. So that's a really good point about that relevance too because you can sort of you, you do a website and then, you know, within a year... There's so much that has changed in, you know, the technology space. So I suppose it needs to be something that's on, I suppose, within the business plan on a yearly basis to make sure that you are current and your message is right and that it is the window into your brand, your current brand rather than your brand of a couple of years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you really did dumbed down for us about the conversion rate optimization, which is awesome. So what is it, what does that mean? And, and what are the like the benefits to people who do this well?
1: So the benefits to a business that invests in CRO, mm. which is ultimately what we're trying to do, the main thing that it does is builds trust. Mm. So think about in various situations in life when you've had a good experience. You are more inclined to refer that brand. You are more inclined to stay loyal to that brand and to purchase. So trust isn't just about um, doing something right by someone and then having them return. It's actually about giving them an environment in which they feel safe and that actually psychologically that extends into websites. So it can be as little things as having, you know, when you're buying online knowing that the site's secure because they've got the little logo that says the site's secure to having a live chat so that you know that if something happens in that purchase process, you can trust that brand to have a chat with you about, you know, how to finish that purchase process successfully. Um, so there's little things that you can do to actually build trust and from that loyalty with your customer and that's a very big part of what brands need to do nowadays because everything online is just so cluttered. Mm. The other thing that it does is improves user experience. So obviously happy customers are paying customers So you really want to make sure that the user experience that they're getting online is frustration free as Mm. I call it and that you're not putting up any roadblocks to that. Um, you want to obviously boost conversions and acquire customers as a business so ultimately nobody builds a biz, a website for fun yeah um, people you know it's going to be of advantage it's going to be advantageous to their business to have it yeah. um, and you want to make sure that that has, it is actually giving you the best chance of getting conversions or customers yeah. um, the main thing that interests me with CRO and I find that this is extremely valuable to business owners especially when they do it over time, continued CRO, is understanding your customer better. So with that is if you're if you're losing customers on your website, which CRO can tell you, and you're losing them on certain pages or at a certain stage of their website um, as they navigate through your website, you can maybe identify a bit of language that they don't understand or something that's just not quite gelling with them or resonating with them. And through improving that experience with them, changing the wording or changing the the way that your brand is perceived by them or the problem that you're trying to solve, you actually can learn something about what your audience is looking for wow. and you can take that into the other things you do. So we find we take that into the way that you can engage with customers on the phone or use that like in other collateral because you're actually learning about your customer because you've you've built a site or a professionals built a site about how they think your customer is going to behave but there's no one better to ask than the audience themselves. Mm. So how does that translate into money? Obviously, um, so let's say your website converts at 2%. So this means all of your traffic, no matter where it comes from, comes to your website. Now, the way that when we say converts at 2%, what that means is that 2% of people that land on your website actually complete what you ask them to. So we're talking, it could be a download, it could be buying something in a shop, shop online. Um, it could be making the phone ring or filling out a form. These are all what are called conversions, right? They're actions that we want people to take. So that means that 98% of people are basically not taking that action, which is sort of quite a large number. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, obviously, they come back, they buy another time, you know, you can do remarketing, you can keep them warm and there's, that's part of the sales funnel and sales cycle that we all know. That's totally fine. But what if you could improve that initial conversion rate to be 4%? So then you've now basically doubled your leads oh. or doubled the number of people that have completed that action. And that 2%, that's not a large number, mm. that's 96% left still. Mm. Mm. But double what you had before. Yeah. So it's suddenly you think about it like 2%, 3%. Oh, that's not a lot. Well, it is. If you think about also with CRO, the idea is that you improve that ongoing. So you're constantly improving that number and learning about your audience and building trust with them and giving them a better experience with your brand. So it, there's a lot that CRO does actually help businesses do and learn, especially over time. Um, so it also allows you to see in um, through CRO, you can see what a conversion rate is per traffic source. So, for example, if you're investing in, say, social media or Google Ads, um, you can actually look at what a Google Ads conversion rate is for your business and you can look at what a social media marketing conversion rate is. So what that's doing is that it's allowing you to see, well, if one's converting at 10% and one's converting at 5%, one of those is clearly giving a business more bang for its buck than the other. Mm. And you can then look at what what are each of those sources, how is that traffic behaving differently on the site? to make that such a different rate. Yeah. So you can actually really break down what people are liking and disliking and the good thing about it, which I'll explain my process, but the good thing about it is you can then improve it. So it's not, it's a, it's a problem, it's, it's, a, it's basically just a set of data that yeah. you can then, let's now test how the audience would like this alternative. And then the audience will either really want that and they'll like it and you'll have more inquiries or you keep testing. Mm. So it's such a positive way for businesses to move forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I didn't actually realize that there's so much that it can do. And I think those insights that it provides you into your customer's behavior is absolutely paramount now because you know there's a a really small percentage of time that you generally hold people's attention for isn't there. It's, it's like a couple of seconds or something. So yeah, you've really got to make it easy for them. Absolutely. Mm. Okay. I love that. All right. So tell me then, so what are the biggest mistakes that you're seeing at the moment that people are making in this space?
1: Um, I'm going to say people aren't kissing enough, Julie. <laughs> what does that mean? So kiss is a term of keep it simple, silly. Right. How that applies is I think people are not kissing enough, so people aren't keeping things simple. Yeah. So if you think about a website, everyone goes to a website for a purpose. Now, generally the audience knows what they're trying to achieve and generally the business would relatively know what they're trying to achieve. Mm. And they try and put five banners on the home page or um, they might try and make it very animated when they might be a business that it's just not necessary to put that roadblock to stop the user from doing what they want. And so people are putting pop-ups, you know, promotional pop-ups and um, all these things, you know, you can go to a website and all these little things are popping up asking you to do five or six or seven things. Yeah. And that, the user and that's deterring them from actually engaging with your brand and staying on your site like you said people have two to three seconds less on a mobile much less to engage with your brand and if you're constantly filling their page and filling their fold screen with all these different messages they're not really going to be able to understand who you are and what you're about and you're not going to be able to solve their problem interesting
0: so Definitely. when people are having, you know, the, the pop-ups for their subscription, so subscribe to my blog, is that one of the things that you're talking about?
1: Exactly, because yeah. you don't ask someone to meet your parents before you've taken them out for coffee. Mm. You've sort of got to let them warm to your brand.
0: Love it. Yeah, I get it.
1: Having a de- de- um, deferred pop-up or having it on an internal page as opposed to subscribe to my brand. Well, I haven't even read your header statement yet. So how do I know if your content is something that I actually want to put into my email? So Mm. it's about thinking about it logically really and Mm. thinking, oh, let's just not overwhelm people with all of the choices. Let's just let them figure out if they're in the right spot, make it easy for them to convert. So make it easy for them to place an inquiry, but just in a way that um, doesn't have too many distractions. So keeping Mm. it simple. Mm. Um, you know, and letting the, letting the content and letting the visuals speak for themselves. Um, another mistake is doing too many changes at once. So a big, a big part of obviously when you get a website redeveloped, which can be definitely a very worthwhile cause for business is sometimes it doesn't need a full website. There might be just be like a few things that people are doing that need improvement and through doing CRO you can learn what it is that isn't working on your website. So um, companies or businesses will either go, let's completely revamp, but they're not actually thinking about why, why are they doing that, why are they revamping and what are the problems people have that their audience is having with their current website that's making them do a new one as opposed to somebody in the business is potentially saying, oh, it's, t- it's not modern enough, you know, mm. so they're not using that they've got from their current website to make the next one better or they'll try and do seven changes at once instead of just doing one seeing if that works doing another and why that's important Julie is because it's about isolation and identifying what is working and what isn't working yeah so they look at how is this going to improve, especially with things like e-commerce where a 1% conversion rate is a big difference to an e-commerce store. Um, you know, you want to make sure that the decisions you're making are actually the, the right decisions and based on the right updates that you've done. Mm. Um, my biggest one is and my absolute favorite is when people are listening to their brother's sister's second cousin. <laughs> so when people are making decisions based off emotion or, um what their gut feeling is saying, mm. and so obviously you want it to represent your brand and your personality, and we're just redesigning our website and we, you know I'm obviously you're emotionally invested to something that's your own for sure, mm. but it's also about um, making decisions
0: based off your audience mm. and the t- okay yeah yeah, and not I suppose it's listening to the right people isn't it, like you say um and really understanding what you're doing and how you're doing it and, as you say, not listening to your brother's sister's second cousin but really tapping into what the experts are saying rather than the emotion of it.
1: Yes, and there are so many resources out there as well as professionals to learn about this space mm. that if, if people are on a limited budget or they do genuinely want to understand it themselves, there are so many resources um, mm. in which people can get enough information to make educated decisions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So what then do people really need to consider? And I don't know if you have a top three or a top five or just a top one. Oh, you've got a top five. Brilliant. So what do people really need to consider when thinking about their digital strategy? Great. This is a great question. I love
1: this question because it's not just one thing. Mm. So a digital strategy, is the absolute paramount is who is your audience? Mm. Um, that is without a doubt the biggest question and the number of times that um, people are, don't actually really know who their clear defined audience is for that website or if it's a campaign-based thing for digital strategy, what that audience for that campaign is. Mm. It's really important that you nut down who that, who that is. Why? Because you need to write messaging to talk to them mm. and you need Um, this relates to the second point, which is what problems do you solve? So if you're an emergency plumber, for example, your messaging on your website needs to be about speed and the areas that you service and things that are actually solving the problem of somebody that's, um, you know, got busted pipes or um, is locked out of their car for a locksmith. Mm. So, you know, they've got a very specific problem as opposed to somebody that's trying to decide between a black dress and a blue dress, Mm. it's got a different problem, you know, so everybody's got different problems. And because of that, you know, the the way in which you speak to them online and the, the way that that is placed on your website becomes very important. Mm. Um, so that those types of things are, are really important considering a digital strategy. Um, another thing is where you can find them online. So are they on LinkedIn? Are they on Google? Are you searching for them or are they going to come to you? So in the case of emergency plumber or locksmith, um, they would come to you because it's something they need soon. Um, So if you're trying to raise awareness, you'd probably use other channels. So it's about looking at where they are online. What is the average customer value? So obviously when thinking about a digital strategy, you want that to have return on investment. So you also should think about what's the average customer value um, overall, so over the life cycle of the customer so you can figure out how much you can spend on acquiring that customer in the first place. Mm. That will then dictate the types of digital mediums you can use to get that customer.
0: Yeah.
1: Last one is um, what's your sales cycle or sales funnel? So if you obviously are an emergency um, plumber, deal with that, or um, locksmith, it's going to be a very short um service if you are selling a home loan that's obviously a much longer cycle
0: Mm. so
1: thinking about how your sales funnel and your sales cycle works and then creating the right funnel for that Mm -hmm. so if we think about it in terms of cro um through cro for example you can learn about which channels are converting well so if once you've gone through these questions you can think okay which has worked in the past For the type of digital strategy you've got, which could potentially work. Um, And you might find, as we said earlier, some might have a lower conversion rate. So, those numbers we talked about is the percentage of people that convert, but they actually might have a higher value per customer. Yeah. When you start looking at the data this way, it can really make for a successful digital strategy because you're actually learning about where they are, but in certain channels when they're at certain different stages. They're going to be worth more than where they, if they're at a different stage of the cycle. Mm. So it's about learning how to capture them at the right moment, obviously to make the right revenue and profit from that.
0: Mm. Okay, that makes complete sense. So to recap that, number one was really knowing who your client is. Um, number two, the problems that you're solving. Yes. And then number three is... The types of services that you're providing, and how they find you.
1: Yep. So where they are online, exactly
0: where they are online, and um, number four. My God, this is testing my memory. Number four. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: the average customer value.
0: The value. Perfect. And number five.
1: Sales cycle. Yes. How long that purchase.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Great tips. Thank you. Thank you. Alright, so just changing, actually, did you want to maybe tell our listeners about your training? Because I know you're very passionate on in the training space. So you have a Click Academy and you also have WordPress right. Melbourne. So did you want to just talk a little bit about that quickly?
1: Sure. So Click Academy is our Google Ads training program where it's mm. a four-week course where people can learn how to run their own Google Ads. Obviously, uh aligns to what we've been talking about today where people um uh sometimes getting their professional to manage the account they're fully happy with that but they just want to learn enough to be able to liaise with their manager um, in a way that helps them feel less overwhelmed mm. and more confident in face it's something that a lot of businesses need to be in but obviously you want to understand enough about what you're investing in or if you're a really small business, you might be able to run it yourself. And this course gives you the skills to be able to set up a campaign and be able to run that yourself so that without the need of a professional. Um, and there is a supported community for six months with that, which I manage, so they can ask any questions at a time. Okay. So that was definitely around the idea of people feeling less overwhelmed from the digital space, in particular Google ads, and more confident to be able to manage that themselves. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and we have Google, our WordPress Melbourne, which is a WordPress training program where we teach people how to maintain and um, keep up to date their own website without the need of a professional again um, and also how to build websites themselves from scratch. Wow, okay. They're both about empowerment and helping businesses um, stay in the digital space but stay educated and confident.
0: Yeah, okay. That sounds like something I need. (laughs) <laughs> all right, so changing tact a little bit. So, um, and it's interesting. So I can really see how your business fulfills that a left brain, right brain that you were talking about um, yeah. before. So it really fulfills both sides of your brain there. So, yeah. Given that you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you're a partner, you know, friend, all of the things that we do. Uh, as business owners how do you manage the push and pull on your time so how do you navigate busy
1: I love this question I love I, I love people's use of the word busy this is very appealing um, <laughs> I I try not to be busy it is extremely hard working in digital and in this digital age to try not feel busy mm. so it's one thing to um no Don't to feel the overwhelm that we all feel, you know, from the pace that we have to navigate at now. Um, But I try and navigate it through having the support of a really amazing team. So something I've really mastered over the last 12 months is the ability to delegate. So being able to just pick up busy and go, actually, I don't need this busyness. Mm. I can get help from others to help me um, not feel that busy and the other thing I've really tried to do is have time without distractions to just focus on the now so really um just stopping and actually just enjoying the now for a little while half an hour a day try um and then coming back to it and just sort of feeling like it's all under control um and trying to stick to a plan every day and at least try and because that's (laughs) do <laughs> oh, that's it. Uh, yeah, and try and laugh, of course. Uh, but it is yeah, busy is definitely something that you know, and that's what we find with um, the Google Ads that we, that we experience and the WordPress training is people do feel so busy that they um, can get really quite overwhelmed with things, and so we really do try and
0: break stuff down, and so we try and do that in our own
1: business as well.
0: Mm, awesome, I love it. I love that. I'm trying to stop for the half an hour a day just to focus on the now. So you really feel that that circumvents that overwhelm and the, I suppose the stress of it all and just brings you back down to earth?
1: Absolutely. If I didn't do that, it's made a very, very big difference to my busy mm. and, uh, you know, a much better manager, a much better leader and a much better overall person.
0: Yeah. Awesome. It sounds like it gives you a nice sense of control. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So this is a question I love to ask people and that is tell me something that really annoys you.
1: When people cook tuna in the co-working space. <laughs> I love it. I don't know why people still do that.
0: <laughs> it is quite a strong smell.
1: <laughs> I just really don't. Um, in a professional sense, when people, when we see Google Analytics accounts, so Google Analytics a free tool that you can use to measure traffic on your website. Yeah. One thing people take away from this, I would just love them to go and check that they've got Google Analytics set up on their website. Yeah. But you can actually set up goals. So you can set up to see if people are filling out forms and it's it's very, it's a, a half an hour thing to do. Mm, for any, mm. any, any YouTube video will show you how to do it. And it basically just means that you can see what your conversion rate is and it's very simple and you don't have to understand it, but at least you're collecting that data. And when a, when we inherit accounts or see Google Analytics accounts and we see that not set up, um, especially when it's been managed by a professional, you're just gutted for that company because you think all oh, these hits and you just don't know what it is that's leading to these leads. So that's something that really annoys me as a professional. Mm. Um, you know, these are things that companies could have that's quite easy to set up that will really help
0: them grow their business. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Oh, that comment about the tuna just takes me back to my um, branch days. (laughs) Someone would cook something really um, stinky and it would just you know, permeate through the whole branch was just not a good thing to do. So, yes, I'm hearing you. Yes,
1: yeah, if you've ever wanted to feel like you're back at uni, just spend some time in a co-working space kitchen for <laughs> half a day, and you'll be, you'll be right. You'll be right for another couple of years.
0: Yeah. Oh, Paula, it's been fabulous talking to you today, and I really love how you. Stick to your own principles in terms of keeping things simple because if you can get me to understand this stuff, which I normally go cross-eyed about, um, you're doing really well. So you've certainly done that. So my final question is this podcast is called Making It Count. So I'd love to finish on how you feel that you are making a difference.
1: Sure. I love this question. So for us, I think it's about we're really big on education and community. So we really love supporting businesses that have a focus on educating children um, and also empowering um, kids and otherwise to learn and manage um, and be educated as much as they wish to, especially for those that are less fortunate. So we try and help out those organisations as much as we can. Um, we're obviously a very strong in community, so in what we do with both of our training institutions or training schools that we have, We've obviously also got co which is our co-working directory for helping like-minded people connect with each other and feel like they're part of a community because everybody's entitled to feel like they're part of a community. So that's a very big value of ours and of mine that, you know, we want to keep making a difference and giving that back. And that's a complete not-for-profit um, thing that we're doing. Um, in regards to the business, digital's a really saturated space and it is really, important to us in our company that we do feel like we're making a difference in this world through digital and CRO is a really great way for us to do that because it keeps data honest and transparent and the more that business owners understand what's happening in their business and what they're paying for with their the data that they're acquiring um it really helps us feel like we're helping businesses grow and you know helping business owners learn more about their audience and why they're warming to it or not and how to build trust with their clientele that's going to help solve their their customers problems so that they're trusting that company and then seeing how that can grow and change a business in numbers but also how they treat their customers and value their customers all from a couple of web improvements I mean that's just that makes us feel like we're making a real difference well we think so anyway
0: yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. Now tell us, how can people get in contact with you?
1: So if people are interested in anything we've talked talked about today, we can do audits and whatnot for them. Mm-hmm. And the best way to
0: get in touch is to visit us at our website, pixelstrong.com.au. Amazing. I will send out the links with the um, show notes so people can just click on that and get in contact with you. So Paula, thanks again for the chat today and thanks for your time and your generosity. Anytime. Thanks for listening. And I hope that you have gained some great ideas and feel inspired to get out there and make what you do count for your leadership, your business and your life. Please do leave a review for this podcast and please share it with your network. Send any feedback or suggestions for future guests by emailing me julie at juliehide.com.au For now, let's get out there and make it count.